Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, August 8, 2017, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Just so you know, both of our upcoming quests to uh, Arkansas in August and May, I'm sorry, August and November, are now full, and our next two will be in March and May of 2018. Our very special guest this evening is astrologer Mary Plum, who's going to talk with Lavendar about the upcoming solar eclipse on August 21st. Mary has had an astrological consulting practice since 1985 and has been involved with the Mountain Astrologer magazine since 1993 as writer and book and web editor. She's the main author of the very popular beginner series and countless blog posts and articles. She's also president of the Southern Oregon chapter of NCGR in Ashland, Oregon. It's an international astrological organization. In her personal practice, she works with a wide range of astrological applications from the larger collective cycles and the observation of world events to the very subtle and refined ways that we individually tap into the unfolding energetics symbolized by the stars and the planets. Lavendar has been following Mary's work for many years, and we're so grateful to have her with us tonight. Her website is Mary Plum, and that's M-A-R-Y, and Plum is P-L-U-M-B dot com. And her work is also on mountainastrologer.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing subjects of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And also, right after the news, we're going to have Lori from Mystic Chocolate come on for just a quick visit to tell us about her wonderful chocolates. And we'd like to thank Jada and Tammy for hosting the Switchboard tonight. Check out our online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk Radio. If you'd like to show your support of our program, please click follow on our page here and you'll get our weekly show notices. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart. And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. For those who need healing of any kind, emotional, physical, spiritual, for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a difference. If you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And if you want a stage two interpretation of that chart, please order at least two or three months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So, first this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her ever-popular Starseed News. Hey, Anastasia. Good evening, Ariel. Good evening, everybody. Great to be back with you this week. Well, we have another solar wind stream coming up. Earth is exiting one solar wind stream right now, but another one 
is due to arrive on August 11th and 12th. They say that the solar wind buffeting of Earth's magnetic field on those dates might provide a shimmering green backdrop for the Perside meteors at near Arctic latitudes. So if you plan on going up to the Arctic, you're going to have a really interesting sky, a green sky to watch meteors far out. And guess what? Cool. We have a lunar eclipse over Europe last night. A full, uh, there's a full moon going on right now, and when the moon rose over Europe last night, it wasn't its usual self. There was dipped in a shadow. We had a lunar eclipse over Europe uh, last night. And uh, we had a, a magnitude 5.5 earthquake that struck north of Tokyo on last Wednesday, just after our last show. Now, the uh, epicenter was in a northern Ibaraki prefecture, uh, now, TEPCO, or Tokyo Electric Power Company, said there were no irregularities at the nuclear facility in Fukushima. But I'll tell you, that's what they say. As I've been following the coverage about Fukushima, there are some really concerning things going on with that. But TEPCO said it didn't cause any damage, and uh, that's the news about that, according to them. Are any of you keeping up on that, following up on what's going on in Fukushima? getting pretty hard to find information about that. There's only a few sources on the Internet that are reporting about it. Well, New Orleans had some really heavy rainfall on uh, Saturday. They had nearly five inches of rain that fell in a matter of a short very per- period of time, three hours, that fell over downtown New Orleans, and it really flooded stuff. So five inches in about three hours. Wow. And there was a yeah an EF2 tornado that ripped through Tulsa, Oklahoma, it said it injured 30 people, and it was unusual in two different ways. One is because it was unseasonable. Uh, it developed in August after Oklahoma's spring tornado season, and two, it developed rapidly out of what appeared on Saturday to be just a garden-variety thunderstorm. Nobody saw this one coming. And in the Gulf of Mexico now, experts are reporting that uh, the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico is uh, the biggest they recorded since they started mapping it in 1985. Now, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, announced this week that the Gulf dead zone measured in at more than 8,700 square miles, an area roughly the size of New Jersey. Now, they say, of course, that dead, go- dead zones can occur naturally, but... Many researchers are saying that the Gulf's problem is mainly caused by nutrient pollution from agriculture. In other words, um, you know, it's not altogether natural. And I was wondering about uh, the spill that we had some years back. They never mention that anymore. But anyway, uh, the Gulf of the Gulf is really in having problems, and the dead zone is getting a bit bigger. Scottish Highlands last week. They had the largest earthquake since 1986. Might not seem very big to those of us in the U.S., but it was big to the Scottish people. Uh, the BGS rec- recorded the magnitude 3.8 tremor, and the earthquake was felt all over the west of Scotland. It really gave people a buzz. They wrote a lot about it on the internet. Never think about having earthquakes in the Scottish Highlands, but there it is. Mm-mm. And golly, you guys, they found the most amazing dinosaur. Now, they found this a bit back. I mean, this isn't anything they just found yesterday, as you're going to find out as I share this with you. There's a photograph of it on the Internet, and it is 
about? Well, you're just going to have to look it up because I really can't explain it to you. But it's like this perfect shell. It's not the. It, it's like a, an outer skeleton. We're used to seeing dinosaur bones. This is the skeleton of the outer body, and it is really amazing, showing eye sockets, nose holes, everything. Um, they said they say that's just remarkably well preserved, amazing, and the skin has fossilized, and the scales on this dinosaur. Uh, uh, they've decided that this is a brand new species of dinosaur, an armored dinosaur. You know, like an armadillo has a shell? Mm-hmm. Well, this is very similar. I mean, it's an outside armor uh, that pres- that covered this animal, <clears throat> and they, they call it a prehistoric walking tank. <laughs> and it is amazing. I've never seen anything like this. And they say that unlike most discovered dinosaur specimens uh, that just consist of skeletons or maybe some bone fragments, this is a three-dimensional dinosaur, and it is the best-preserved armored dinosaur ever found. Now, this is a 110-million-year-old uh, fossil. It was discovered accidentally in, in 2011 by miners in eastern Canada. And the dinosaur was first unveiled to the public a few months ago this year. But it didn't have an official name. So I guess now that they've named it, this came out in the news with photographs. Or maybe they had done it before. This is the first I've seen of it. So earlier this month, just a few days ago, researchers revealed the dinosaur's name. And uh, they call, they're calling it the Notosaur. And I don't know why this name is for the technician, but it was named after the technician who spent more than 7,000 hours taking rock out from around the 18-foot-long specimen, the Nodosaur, N-O-D-O-S-A-U-R. Look it up. They say this is going to go down in science history as one of the most beautiful and best-preserved dinosaur specimens of all time, the Mona Lisa of dinosaurs, according to museum officials. Well, that's assuming we never find any more. But that, if you get a chance and you're interested in prehistoric animals, look this up on the Internet, the Nodosaur, N-O-D-O-S-A-U-R. It's amazing. Okay. Well, miniature lab-grown brains made from stem cells could one day halt damage caused by Alzheimer's. Miniature human brains made from human skin cells could be used to halt the damage caused by Alzheimer's disease in the future. And these are tiny organs that are being grown in a laboratory by British scientists who believe they will one day be able to use them to grow new brain tissue. Now, their process involves transforming skin cells into neurons. Think about that. And this is then printed, 3D printed, into structures that resemble the brain. I'm going I'm to read that again. The process involves transforming skin cells into neurons, which are then 3D printed into structures that resemble the brain. Wow. Well, the treatment, if successful, they say, would not be able to reverse memory loss that's already occurred, but they said it could stop further deterioration. Now, researchers at Aston University in Birmingham are initially hoping to use these artificially created structures to test treatment methods for dementia and speed up pharmaceutical drug development. Amazing stuff. I mean, things they can do. (laughs) doesn't mean they should, but the things they can do. Well, sometimes I hear young women and maybe older women talking about men being pretty. You know, they like, they like men to look kind of pretty. Well, 
Here's some news from the UK. A L'Oreal executive uh, is saying that male makeup counters would hit is going to hit stores within five years. Male makeup counters will become a reality within five years, according to the UK boss of L'Oreal Company. He said it's no longer a taboo for the selfie generation for men to wear makeup. In an interview, this uh, managing director of the UK's uh, uh, L'Oreal firm said that demand for makeup among men is growing very fast. He said, speaking about the industry as a whole, male-targeted counters in department stores and drugstores will happen in five to seven years. He said, taboos are changing and makeup is becoming more accepted for men among what he describes as the selfie generation, the millennial group. It's okay, men are going to wear makeup. And they're going to cash in, I'll tell you what. If that's true, <laughs> they have they have tapped into a brand new market. They're going to make a load, a boatload of money. But interesting. Well, out of Utah comes a, a really unique story, and I wanted to share it with you. Um, the mayor of Salt Lake County, Utah, went undercover as a homeless person with just the clothes on his back before deciding where he should place a new shelter. Yep, a mayor went undercover for three days as a homeless man. Well, he's now spoken out about his experience and saying that he didn't feel safe in the homeless shelter due to drug abuse and violence. His name's Mayor Ben, ben McAdams. And they say that, of course, like most mayors, he just generally wears a suit and uh, as he goes to work. But he did break with his political and social definition March 24th when he left, it, left his office just wearing jeans, sneakers, and a hoodie to start his adventure as a homeless person. Now, he and an unnamed colleague left the comfort of their homes, left their driver's license, all their IDs, their credit cards, and all their money behind. And for three days and two nights, they immersed themselves with the city's homeless population, spending one night in a shelter and one night on the streets. This experiment, according to the mayor, was aimed at deepening his understanding of the current homeless system. Before he was going to have to make a decision on where to place the county's third uh, homeless resource center. It was a decision he knew would make residents of that area angry with him, whichever town he picked. People with homes do not want homeless shelters around them. Now, although the adventure took place months ago, this mayor managed to keep this secret until he was recently approached by a local newspaper, and he said he didn't want anybody to know about it because he didn't want it to seem like a publicity stunt in the face of human suffering. Now, the article was extensive. It went on and on and on, and I'll give you the the summation of it. Uh, he saw drug use. He saw violence. Um, he didn't feel safe. Uh, it was a very hostile environment. Um, it really opened his eyes wide. And he said that he ended his three-day experience knowing that doing nothing about homelessness is not an option, even if it's the end of me politically. (sighs) Wonderful courage there. Well, the mayor has eventually decided to... We need more like him. Yes, I mean, doing nothing is not an option, even if it's the end of me politically. Now, just think about all of the politicians who do not connect with the suffering that's going on. And this guy had the courage to step out and say, you know what? I mean, that's just amazing. So anyway, he's going to build a new homeless shelter, and he's going to open two others. 
that are going to open in 2019. So, uh, wow, way to go. Um, now, here's a figure about, uh, and by the way, he was in a 1,062-bed house. 1,062 beds. I read that again, and I read it again. I don't even know how they can do that. So that's what it said, and it was full. Now, the number of people using state and federally funded emergency shelters in the state of Utah jumped 5% in the last year, according to a state report in February. Now, those numbers contradicted a federal report which showed a 9% reduction in the homeless population during the same period. Well, I just included that into tonight's piece because it goes to show you uh, studies, figures, numbers, you never know. But according they to the Utah, it's jumping up. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So anyway, there you have it. I think that man should be applauded. Well, we've got a guest tonight about the solar eclipse, wonderful astrologer. And I've talked about the solar eclipse last week, but I found an article that I thought I should share with you uh, that, about the weird things that can happen during a total solar eclipse. Now, everybody thinks about how visually stunning it is when the darkened moon fully covers the face of the sun in a total solar eclipse, and it's beautiful. Uh, But there are other unusual and truly strange happenings that occur when the moon passes in front of the sun. And if you aren't prepared to look for them, this weird phenomena can be so fleeting that they can be missed. So here's just a number of oddities to be looked for on the day of August 21st when the just prior to the, the solar eclipse and immediately after. Um, she's, uh, this writer says that before totality, when the moon is only covering part of the sun's face, well, go to a nearby tree and look in the shade of the tree's shadow. You will see hundreds of crescent images of the partially covered sun all over the ground. This is a safe way to view the partial eclipse, the partial phases of the eclipse without harming your eyes. And the images come from the gaps between the tree's leaves that act like pinhole cameras by projecting the sun's, the sun's image on the ground. There was a photograph of that on the Internet, and it was amazing. All these little crescents uh, of bright light inside the shade. Amazing. You might want to try looking at that. And also about 60 to 90 seconds before the totality or just after the totality is over, uh, closely look at any flat, light-colored, or white surfaces around you. It said you may see a very strange sight because at such times, dark lines called shadow bands may be seen racing back and forth across these white surfaces. These shadowy lines are caused by sunlight peeking around mountains and through valleys around the outer rim of the moon, while turbulence in the air makes them appear to shift position. Also, in the minutes before totality, all of your surroundings will appear dimly lit in a very strange and different way from what we experience at sunrise or sunset. Everything will seem somewhat similar uh, to what we see when we wear dark sunglasses, but with a kind of surreal sheen that we really can't be described, so it has to be seen. And as the moon entirely covers the sun and causes the sky to completely blacken, the air will instantly chill, perhaps by as much as 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Animals will become confused. Bats may fly around thinking it's night. Birds may go to roost 
you know, night-night time, <laughs> crickets or cicadas may begin to chirp. And if the, lat, if the land is flat for miles around your location or you are on a mountaintop, you will be able to see the darkest part of the moon's shadow, called the umbra, racing across the ground towards you just before the totality and away from you afterwards. And an instant before the sun is completely covered by the moon, they say that we can experience a visually stunning diamond ring effect. The slight bit of sun remaining will give the impression of a brilliant diamond with the ring being a faint glow around the darkened moon. Now it will become dark as night during totality. The stars will pop out and you'll see two very bright points of light near the sun. They are really the planets Venus and Mercury. Now, most people never get to see Mercury because it's usually so close to the sun that it's blotted out by the sun's glare. And Mars and Jupiter will make an appearance. Those two planets will seem to be near the sun, when in reality, they will be much farther away on the far opposite sides of their orbits. In total, four of the five planets that don't require a telescope can be seen during the eclipse. Sirius, the dog star, is going to show itself as the very bright star to the southwest of the sun. In fact, Sirius is the second brightest star in our sky after the sun. We also may be able to see eruptions from the sun that can't be seen at any other time. These eruptions are called prominences and will glow a bright, beautiful, ruby-red color. Now again, according to NASA and four other science and medical organizations, it's okay to look at a total solar eclipse with the naked eye, but only when the face of the sun is totally obscured by the moon. Totally. Now, as you know, a total solar eclipse happens when the central disk of the sun is completely covered by the moon. Um, And so this is going to be a, a rare sight because a total solar eclipse is doesn't happen very often. And uh, to view the sun directly and safely, they're suggesting, suggesting that most people are not going to be in the, in the region of the totality. So to view it uh, safely, you need solar viewing glasses or eclipse glasses or personal solar filters. And uh, you need to go to space.com uh, or to NASA for further information if you, you know, to find out how to safely view the eclipse. So don't want to hurt your eyesight. There's a, there's a good way to do it. But anyway, that's it for tonight's news, Ariel. Looking forward to the show. And from my heart to yours, each one of you, much love. Have a beautiful week ahead. Well, thank you so much, Anastasia, for bringing us so much great information, especially about the eclipse, which is our topic for this evening. So um, thank you very much. And we will, um, well, actually, it'll be another a couple of weeks, though, because we will be gone oh, that's next right. Tuesday and, yeah. the, and the following Tuesday. Yes, so it'll yes, be three yes. Weeks. I said that out of habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, right. three weeks well, from I'll tonight. Well, I'll miss all of you. I always miss all of you when you're gone. I really do. Oh, I'm always glad when too. we get back together. And, you know. Okay, well, I love all of you, okay. and uh, we'll catch you when we're back. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, well, that was really interesting. And um, right now, just uh, before we bring Mary on, we're going to um, just – uh, be talking to Lori for a few minutes here. So, um, Lavendar, let me get your mic open. Okay, Lavendar, you're on the air. Um, would you like to introduce Lori? 
Well, I, I, okay, just I bring, love I just Lori so much <laughs> that I wanted to have her come on and talk about her chocolates. Lori and Richard were with us in um, France on the trip that we took back in 2012, and we've stayed in contact ever since. And she came back and, and got into the chocolate business, and she has created some wonderful, wonderful chocolates that absolutely zing me. I love it so much, and I wanted her to come on and talk a little bit about it. And when we have our Starseed Quest, I also use these chocolates in our initiation ceremony. So I wanted to to uh, mention that, that we're so grateful that she sends those chocolates to our initiation on our Starseed Quest in Arkansas. So, Laurie, are you there? I am, Lavender. Hello. Hello. So tell us the the latest about your chocolate endeavors. <laughs> well, Lavender, thank you so much for your kind words. And I absolutely give you all the credit because you're the one who inspired me to create this line of chocolate. I, I already had a, a raw vegan dessert business and was experimenting with making my own chocolate and had a reading with her a couple of years ago. And um, it just seemed like it was perfect. I was wanting to learn more about chocolate making, and so Mystic Chocolate was born. And what it is is it's, it's raw vegan chocolate that I make from scratch. I take raw cacao butter, raw cacao powder, and coconut blossom sugar, and then I grind that for, for several hours because I don't heat it hot enough to melt the sugar like a conventional chocolate would. The grinder actually does that for me. And so after 10 to 14 hours, I then, um, you know, flavor it and then mold it and package it and label it. And the flavors um, correlate to the chakra system. So everything was looked at in creating this line of chocolate. Um, I chose fruits with the color of the chakra. For instance, the root chakra is cherry. It has a little cayenne, a little five spice. And the, the two flavors that I sent to Lavendar for her initiation is the third eye and the crown. The third eye is blackberry and Cabernet Sauvignon grapes, like you'd find in red wine. And the crown is lemon and violet. And um, for those of you who have never had lemon and chocolate, it sounds a little strange, but I, t- I have to say it's, it's quite delicious, especially with the violet. <laughs> so. so tell us how our listeners can find your chocolate. What's your website? My website is mystic dash chocolate.com so that's spelled mystic m as in man y s as in sam t as in tom i c dash chocolate c h o c o l a t e dot com and if you order from this radio show i do have a discount code you can use to save 10 percent on your online order and after your eighth order you also get a free chakra set the chakra set is a package where you can get all seven flavors in one package. So that's the complete chakra set. But the discount code is LAVENDAR. So L-A-V-A-N-D-A-R. So enjoy that. <laughs> so I'm encouraging those that really love chocolate to um, try some of this mystic chocolate. And, you know, the, the Pleiadians, they're the ones that brought us chocolate to the planet. So that's one reason yeah. we love chocolate, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> and I do have a Pleiadian consultant involved, so just see. <laughs> before, before we go, though, have you had uh, any luck with uh, getting your product to some of the um, speakers on, the, on tours anywhere? Actually, yeah, it's funny you should say that because it's starting to really take hold. I have a man named Dr. Dream, Mark Peebler, 
who has been sharing mystic chocolate all over the country in his galactivations. There are ceremonies with um, hundreds of Tibetan bowls. Um, it, it depends on the energy. Sometimes he'll use 111, sometimes he'll use 55. It just depends. And he also uses essential oils, and now he uses mystic chocolate. So he does work on the entire chakra system. And he's actually coming to Cedar Rapids to a yoga festival here, so I'm pretty excited about it. It's this weekend. Um, then there's a, another uh, couple of gals who are doing something similar to what Dr. Dream is doing, um, traveling around, doing some sound healing as well, and they also want to incorporate mystic chocolate into it. So things are starting to really percolate, and uh, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> Well, Coming on and talking news. with us tonight, and we're so looking forward to our our uh, Starseed Quest in August uh, next week. And so uh, the chocolates will be mailed to us there, right? You're mailing to Arkansas? Absolutely. Yep, okay. I'll be mailing them on Monday. They should be there no later than Thursday. So much, honey. Great. Okay, Great. Thanks, well, you're welcome. Honey. Enjoy them. Thanks Enjoy so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks, Lori. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, well, Lavender, I'm about to bring Mary Plum on. Um, oh, I need but to. You want to? You want to? You want to? Uh, introduce I want to read and, first. and present. Okay. Okay. So, I ordered a book uh, by Celeste Teal, and it was called Eclipses: Predicting World Events and Personal Transformation. And um, I asked her permission this morning if I could read from her work. And so I'm going to do that now about the eclipse. As you may know, this is being called the Great American Eclipse because the eclipse will be visible for a wide swath of the USA. In a rare event, this is the first total solar eclipse in the country since 1979. And the eclipse shadow will travel from the northwest coast to the southeast coast in a matter of hours. From Oregon through Idaho, then Wyoming, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, across the tips of North Carolina and Georgia, the eclipse shadow exits through South Carolina. While it would be visible at its darkest for many miles on either side of its path, the moon will cover a smaller portion of the sun for people way to the north or south of the eclipse path. Here in Phoenix, where I am, the eclipse will be partially visible that Monday morning, with the best view at 10.33 a.m. local time, that's mountain time. People will travel to get a good view of the eclipse, and many towns and cities in the direct path are gearing up for the event. Eclipses have greater effects in the countries where they are visible. Of course, animals are apt to become temporarily disoriented when the light turns to darkness at midday. But eclipse effects can range from increased earthquake activity to decrease crop production. This will be a learning experience for astrologers and a memorable event for us all. Eclipses can be deciphered for their most likely impact based on the zodiac sign they fall in, regardless of where the eclipse is visible. My book, Eclipses, Predicting World Events and Personal Transformation, provides sections where each facet of an eclipse is broken down. With this eclipse falling in Leo, it will stir sensational events. Fire sign eclipses can trigger war. An eclipse in Leo sometimes signals the threat of death, downfall or overthrow of some great political leader or royal figure. 
President Clinton was impeached following a Leo solar eclipse that fell within three degrees of his natal sun in 1998. Then there was a question asked, how might this generally affect, wait a minute, I'm sorry, what do you think this means for President Trump since the Leo solar eclipse falls on his ascendant? Answer. Some of the foregoing applies to him as far as the possible health or accident implications. Not only does the eclipse fall on his natal ascendant, but conjunct his Mars, which has similar meaning. I noticed that in his solar return this year, he has Jupiter conjunct his solar return ascendant, so he needs to watch his diet and avoid fattening foods or he could gain enormous weight or become generally unhealthy. Otherwise, his solar return looks pretty promising. Even this eclipse does some good things, what with transiting Uranus, trying his ascendant, and trying his natal Mars, which will soon be an orb of sextile to his progressed ascendant in Libra, suggesting new enterprise, activity, and connections. There are some questionable aspects. Possibly the most troubling is that the Leo eclipse on his ascendant is forming a square to his progressed vertex, 29 Taurus, near the degree of the fixed star grouping called the Pleiades, also known as the Weeping Sisters. The vertex is associated with one's destiny. There's almost surely some trouble ahead. His progressed ruler in Venus, which has squared his progressed ascendant, Tragedy Uranus will stimulate the square in the fall. Maybe he would be dealing with financial legal troubles or political struggles. His Jupiter and Saturn are square by progression, and the aspects indicate that his strength, patience, and endurance are certainly tested. So that is what Celeste <coughs> Teal uh, gave me permission to write, and she has a, a website. Uh, let me find it. The website is called, well, what happened to my page? It's here, I promise. Oh, what did I do with it? Oh, sorry. put it in the wrong spot. It's www.moonvalleyastrologer.com. That's moonvalleyastrologer.com if you want to go on her website and see more information that she's written about the eclipses. So now I'm ready for Mary. Okay. So let me get your mic open here, Mary. Um, let's see. Here we go. I almost had the wrong one. Okay. Mary, welcome to our show. Hello there. Thank you very much. Hello, Lavender. So, Mary, I'm so happy that that you decided to come and be our guest tonight. I know it was a, the 11th hour move, but you, you moved on a dime, and I so appreciate that. You know, you and I, years ago, when when uh, Dennis Koshinik was running for president, you and I were on a team to astrologically help time some of his events and some of the things that he was doing. And I had lost your phone number. So I called Mountain Astrologer and, and found you again, and I'm so glad that, that we have reconnected and that you're here to talk to us about the eclipse. So just take it away, girl. Tell us anything you want to tell us about the eclipse. Okay, thank you so much, and I really have to say that um, chocolate sounds absolutely wonderful. I'm in a swoon just listening to the chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, well, yes, um, mm, overlapping with what Celeste wrote, I'm going to step back a little bit uh, and and give some basic ideas about what the notion of an eclipse is, generally how some of these themes 
that are in play for any eclipse because, of course, as your previous speaker also mentioned, we're just one day past the lunar eclipse. So we have two eclipses this month. Um, so generally some words about what eclipses are, and then I can look at, depending where you want me to go with it, I can look at Trump, I can look at the country. Lavendar, I can look at um, you, the charts you sent me as well. Okay? Yeah, the the, the uh, chart for Starseed Hotline, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to know what that shows for us in the way of going forward with our information, or, you know, we're kind of looking toward... Um, expanding and, and doing some real creative things with, with our website and with the work that we're doing on the planet. So anything that you have to say would would be helpful to us. Okay. Well, let me, as I said, I think I'm, I'd like to start with a just a broader view about, as I said, the notion of an eclipse. Okay. The, word, the word eclipse means to dim, to conceal, to fail, or to obscure. And as Celeste mentioned, the solar this is a solar eclipse. The so, the sun will be blackened, and in since time immemorial, immemorial, the sun is a symbol of the king, the leader, the ruler. And in ancient times, of course, astrologers just worked for the king because the common people didn't have access, and also the king or ruler. The health of the king, the health of the ruler, was determined the health of the land and the health of the country. So that that is specifically with the upcoming eclipse, a solar eclipse, when the sun is the sun is darkened. So in the tradition, there are many references, historical references to very large upsets, particularly in terms of leadership. It was considered classically not a good omen, shall we say, for the king. Again, the notion of the light darkening. So, and then some other phrases I use a lot to talk about eclipses. Uh, uh, An eclipse is a tear in the fabric of time. An eclipse is a tuning fork in the passage of time. And conditions are out of the ordinary such as um, you mentioned both both Celeste and Anastasia spoke about the sort of natural phenomena and conditions being obviously very unusual because it's such a startling event. And so deep in our collective memory and our unconscious memory are, is our ancestral lineage about re- remembering and, re- and how rare and how strange or awesome or beautiful or terrifying was was the event to see the sun or the moon darkened. Of course, now we have our astronomical knowledge and we understand what it is and we're presumably more rational, etc. However, <laughs> the, the mythical uh, significance and the deep collective implications of the eclipse are still very much present. Uh, so this notion that Conditions are out of the ordinary, and they may be striking or startling, yet they are also natural and rhythmic. Uh, The eclipses have been, by that I mean, um, since the Chaldeans, the earliest records, the earliest written records that we have from the cuneiform tablets, the Chaldeans and Babylonians knew how to measure eclipses. 
So it's very, very ancient astronomical lore that that eclipses could be could be for the path of the eclipse could be foretold. So that, that I always I like to mention that just because eclipse doesn't just come out of nowhere. Even though situations can be triggered and fired up, and and events can be precipitated very quickly around an eclipse or on an eclipse, certainly. But still, there is this long time. Uh, celestial great cosmic rhythm that has been unfolding since eons of time. Again, I like the notion that the measurement of eclipses has has been known by mankind for thousands of years. So that sense, again, that even though conditions are unusual and can be startling, it's also very natural and rhythmic. Rhythmic when when an eclipse occurs. This is a sense that a release valve it's a release valve for built-up tensions. Um, and the, the energy has been building, has been building. We can talk about that for our personal lives in terms of the mundane or world events, world leaders. Psychologically, we can, we can address any, any level, really, with this notion that tension has been building and it's a powerful release valve for for discharge of tensions, so um, even very as as I think Anastasia was reading, um, very materialistic science science measures um, measures earth tremors, tides and storms, etc. At at eclipses because they, eclipses have a powerful magnetic geomagnetic uh, measurable impact on on the earth and that in part let me just say this i always like to mention this so it's not so mysterious really it's quite a as i said it's an ongoing astronomical phenomena because an eclipse occurs when the sun the moon and the earth line up in a very precise way so just imagine for a moment these beautiful massive bodies sun moon and earth they line up very precisely and that is how and why an eclipse occurs so as I said, even very uh, physical science recognizes the m- m- impact on the Earth of eclipses. So of course, astrologers and alchemists and spiritual practitioners have, and astrologers have tracked eclipses for eons of time, recognizing the significance and the importance of these beautiful, beautiful celestial events. And also classic, classic lore, classic knowledge about eclipses is um, that eclipses have staying power. So events that happen on an eclipse or around an eclipse, take note of that in your, in your personal life and in, your, in, the, in the world events, this notion that what's happening has staying power. So I like, and so many traditions, many spiritual traditions uh, talk about both Eastern and Western speak of the importance of prayer and devotion and practice, certainly on any new moon and full moon, but even more significantly, significantly on an eclipse. Uh, the Tibetans, I believe, the Tibetans, for instance, talk about on a lunar eclipse, your prayer and practice, whatever you're doing, will be magnified ten thousand times. But on a solar eclipse, such as we're approaching on August 21st, a solar eclipse, actions, thoughts, prayers are manifest uh, 100,000 times. 
So, again, I like to give a simple picture of this as well to make it a little more tangible, even though I know this is quite a cosmic group. <laughs> Maybe you don't need the tangible visuals, but sometimes it helps me stay uh, grounded. <laughs> so if you, in terms of this image of the imp impact and the staying power of an eclipse, just imagine a still pond, and if you drop a, a rock or a stone in the pond, there will be ripples that go out, waves and ripples that go out and then eventually soften and disappear. But at an eclipse, you just visualize drawing, dropping a rock, a big rock drops into the water. So the waves are bigger and last longer. So that's a little bit about the general flavor. Um, something else I'll just mention here that does seem to weave back into, I'm sorry, I don't remember if it was what you read from Celeste or what Anastasia said, but but I view particularly, I view eclipses, and I, maybe I should say particularly uh, solar eclipse, because in the tradition the solar eclipses are known to be mm, historically more significant. Um, and that's debatable. I mean, metaphysically, spiritually, all all lunations, all eclipses are important. But as I said, in this sort of historical tradition of events, mundane events, the solar eclipse is particularly um, noteworthy. And again, that may, that uh, probably, well, it does go along with the tradition that the solar eclipse means that there's a crisis in, in the, the leadership, something is changing at the level of leadership or the king, which will then Im impact the whole nation. Um, but I have this other, as I said, this sense that at a solar eclipse, the doors between the visible and invisible worlds open. It's this powerful, powerful portal. If you imagine, if you think, because the sun also symbolizes consciousness. The sun symbolizes e ego egoic fun function, consciousness. The sun symbolizes astrologically, along with, I mentioned that it, in terms of mundane work and geopolitical work, the sun represents the king and the ruler. Um, in a personal sense, um, the sun, rep or another level of discussing it, the sun represents, as I said, the conscious mind and the masculine creative certainty principle, if you will. Uh, just as the sun rises every day, God willing, the sun continues to rise every day. So there's a rhythmic certainty about uh, the passageway and the symbolism of the sun. And the sun also obviously is daylight. So the, the notion that we can see in the daylight. So the sun has to do with our conscious awareness and what we know to be true. So at an eclipse of the sun, this powerful de uh, reset, in a certain way, I would say, sort of egoically or psychologically or personally, we can talk about it as what, what we thought we knew, what we thought, what we were certain about, <laughs> uh, changes. It, it, it's a tremendous opportunity to, for consciousness, because the sun symbolizes consciousness and awakeness. So it's a beautiful portal for for consciousness to to be transformed, to be changed, to be upgraded, to be uh, the, de the default setting changes. As I mentioned, this sense that the 
the eclipse is a tear in the fabric of time and that conditions are out of the ordinary. I mean, we know this just by the natural world as as we understand that it's such an incredible natural phenomena and the animals and the, it's it's just a very unique a unique experience and so from a sort of spiritual psychological level I would say perhaps begin this notion for uh, individually that the conscious ego the sense of certainty of who we think we are and what we think we're doing let it go <laughs> be open to the invisible world opening themselves more deeply and more strongly I also think about it as both a manifesting and a disappearing so the sense because the sun disappears so we can say maybe who we thought we knew where we thought we were going there's something that leaves there's something that changes in order for this powerful new 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 thought new impression new energy to to be brought into this world because this is a north node eclipse so this is about the future this is about where are we heading as 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 a, as individuals as a, as a collective as a country as a world it's a powerful as i said this image of the both the 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 disappearing of that which is finished that which is complete that which that which is no longer we don't we don't have to hold on to it any longer so the disappearing in order for this powerful new impression or energy to to land. So, wow! I, it just occurred to me that um, in 1991, when I was in Florida, I was at this hotel, and there was an eclipse, and I believe it happened down in, in Mexico. And I remembered a lot of UFOs were 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 sighted. A lot of people took pictures during the eclipse and the UFOs. And I'm just wondering now if because of the way the pattern is across our country if the path of the eclipse might show some et activity what do you think mary oh yeah i definitely think that's quite possible or possible at least um and let me yes let me say i'd like to say something about um i mean celeste what you read from celeste she talked about the last solar eclipse in this country which was in 1979 and that's true, but there are several reasons why this particular eclipse is even more significant and rare to the U.S. landmass. So could I say something about that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, as, as was mentioned, an eclipse tends to have more impact over the land that it's visible. And so, first of all, the globe has lots of water. So often eclipses follow, they're visible over water and a little bit of land. This eclipse, as we know, is, is the great American eclipse. is called that because it's, it's visible across the whole United States. So the last time, the, it is across the United States, the land mass of this country and, and only this country. That is what's particularly one of the reasons that's, that's particularly unique about this eclipse in this country. The last time um, a total solar eclipse was visible in this la- in our landmass was in uh, the 13th century. So we haven't, as a, as a nation, as a country, have not experienced this before. 
where because other solar eclipses have um, traveled across part of the country and then gone down to Mexico or Canada or other land masses have been involved, right? Mm-hmm. So this it, it is really this divine um, flashlight, very very specifically on us. It's it's exact. I mean, it's total for a seventy mile, seventy mile wide. Uh, course across the across the whole country and only this country so that that and there are other ways of measuring eclipses um different cycles every 18 years or every 18 and 19 years there are two different cycles of when eclipses eclipses repeat themselves i don't think we have time to get into that but but the gist of it is that um that that alone is something to ponder and the fact that 200 million people are expected to be watching this eclipse. Part of the impact of the eclipse, as I mentioned, it's over the land mass, and this land mass obviously is heavily populated. That's another that's another reason that that this eclipse has has particular potency because so many people live not only this land mass but so many people live here, right? So it will be seen or experienced by so many people, as I said, I I read they're expecting 200 million people to watch. I mean, I'm here in Southern Oregon, and they're expecting a million people in Oregon, I'm, you know, to come because it's it's total just a few miles north of me. So that alone, just that the, the people are coming together for something quite beautiful <laughs> and quite rare and quite a, 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 a an astronomical event that is. That's, that's bringing people together in our rather fractious and divided times, right? Yeah. So I find that particularly a beautiful contemplation, really. Um, so, you know, Mary, one of the things that I noticed about it, it's the mark of Regulus, the fixed yes, star Regulus at yes, 29 yes. Leo. Yes. And, and I have... For some years now, I've got to have been tracking that particular degree, being the the seat of England, the uh, royal bloodlines, how they started the royal bloodlines on the family, how royal bloodlines could never marry peasants; they had to keep the bloodline pure. It was uh-huh. all marked on twenty nine Leo. Beautiful. Uh huh. So I'm just kind of wondering now if this is a some kind of upgrade that will be happening to bloodlines on the planet. Just makes me wonder. Well, yes. I mean, as you said, it it is on the fixed star Regulus, which is at 29 Leo. It's actually progressed to zero Virgo, but for our purposes, it's 29 degrees of Leo, which is the degree of Trump's ascendant. I know. So, so Mr. Trump is particularly. This is, you know, the world. The world is watching our country, right? Not only the beautiful phenomena of the eclipse. But Mr. Trump is is embodying a um, shall we? Well, his leadership is absolutely on display, and as we know, Mars in his chart is also there. Mars is aggression. The all of the moons that we've had this month, we had a, um, a, a solar. Pardon me. A new moon on July 23rd at zero degrees of Leo it was just a, a 
ordinary (laughs) new moon at zero Leo. Mars was with that lunation. Yesterday we had a full moon eclipse at 15 degrees of Aquarius. Mars was with the sun. And on the 21st for this potent solar eclipse, crisis in leadership, the Mars is with the sun. So we are in Mars. Mars is in a in a political and mundane demonstration. As I said, we can interpret this in lots of ways. But looking at the world stage and world events, Mars is very prone to be warlike, angry. Uh, wars and fights are symbolized by Mars. Um, We've been seeing a lot of that lately. Here's another thought. How about gold? Doesn't 29 Leo rule gold? Um, I don't know. The, the sun rule, my knowledge of it is the sun rules. The sun, the, the sun rules gold in general. I don't know about the connection to okay. uh, 29, but, but I will say something else about Regulus, which is interesting. The, the, the star... Each of, it's one of the four world stars of Persia, the four fixed stars, the most ancient, long-time recognized potent stars in the sky. Regulus is um, one of yeah one of these very important, um, deep acting stars of of fame and um, influence, tremendous influence. And Bernadette Brady, in her wonderful work has recognized that each of these four stars has a fatal flaw, so to speak, has a strong shadow element. And with Regulus, the shadow is success if revenge is avoided. Oh, well. Oh, so well. Per- or personally for people, you know, we can, dra- we can tra- track this down, not only looking at the world stage, but we can trace that down into our own lives and uh yeah don't don't <laughs> don't act out of revenge in any hint of revenge close to that eclipse degree that's not recommended <laughs> so um yeah, Makes i don't wonder know. about the financial institutions what will happen to them you know i don't track like i'm sorry i'm not as pr- i don't track um well you know, I gave up tracking the stock market and try and gold prices, et cetera. I did that for a number of years and really wasn't very. Um, I, I kind of look to Ray Merriman when I when I need to know that information. I yeah. I look to him for that. He's really good about tracking yes, all of are, that. Yes, yeah, definitely. There are good financial astrologers. So definitely. One thing I I would say involved with that larger, I think that's important. Um, Lavender, I don't know if you've thought about this, but the. Um, U.S. chart, the natal chart of our country. Um, we're, we're heading into. We will have a Pluto return in 2020. Really? Country. Yeah. So the country. Here we can step back into the. I'm sure you have international people, people from all over listening. I don't. I don't mean to be so fixated on this country, but um, <laughs> it's where the spotlight is at the moment, really, with this eclipse and with the t- timing with our president having being so intimately tied to it um but let's see what was i going to say um sorry i lost my thought there 
It's called threshold amnesia. <laughs> oh yes, there it goes. Thank you. It, it came. It came back. The eclipse. The uh, U.S. chart. In 2020, the United States will have a Pluto return. Now, we have never gone through this before because Pluto takes over 280 years, so a country and nation has to be established for that long for for it to experience a Pluto return. But the Pluto has to do with the there are many ways we can interpret it, but for this purpose, let me say that Pluto can be described as the evolutionary intent. So the evolutionary intent of the forefathers from 1776. This country, we are, we are, I would say, in a period where um, we are at the soul level, perhaps. We are looking to fight to reinvigorate to find our way again as a as a as an entity as a as a as a spiritual entity and so I feel like we're kind of seeing the shadow and the decay and the corruption connected with the sh- the shadow side of Pluto on one hand with the corporations and the the political process which is dysfunctional everywhere you look at it the the breakdown of political economic social systems in the country um is i you know not too hard to see but as is the renewal and the rebirth of what where are we going as a nation what is our deeper soul's intent and purpose and um so with Leo eclipse, Leo is Leo is the individuality. Leo is the heart essence. In the physical body, Leo rules the heart and the spine. Leo, so we're all getting a download of courage, of heartfulness, of creativity. These are all sort of key words with Leo. I believe that, I mean, I'm looking at it as a, enormous as i said download of of creative loving generous noble uh Im- energy these are sort of the high, high higher frequency of leo let me and, ask you something mary i've uh, been re- really tracking for a very long time um august 20th of 1987 uh, you know, Jose Arguelles, he, he coined August Harmonic Convergence for the 16th and 17th of August. But what I found was those dates didn't coincide with what I was working with because when the sun got 26 Leo, it was on August 20th. So what I'm finding is that every August 20th seems to be a time now when people seem to get upgrades or new information about themselves if they're starseed. And what uh-huh. I'm wondering is that this eclipse happens the day after August 20th of this year. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm kind of tracking that those of us that were activated big time in 1987 and ever since then, that we could be looking for a, a, an unusual or a different kind of upgrade because the eclipse happens right on top of it. Right. Yeah, with the eclipse, of course, as I said, is a North Node eclipse. Lavendar. So that is the future. That's the future coming in. That's the right energy absolutely pouring into 
through that, through those degrees. You know, um, it's right on. It's right on my north node, exactly. Yes, this well, eclipse is at, right on my north node at twenty-eight. Yes. Yes, I saw that for sure. Let me look at this. Yeah, it's your north node. <laughs> so maybe I'm not going to be a secret anymore, you think? Well, it's in the 12th. I mean, I don't think, I think personally that um, your potency, your ability to make change and to mm, tr- transmute and tra- to transmute a powerful, necessary stream of energy, I think will is absolutely going to be enhanced, and and you're you're getting an enormous infusion. I don't know whether it's going to necessarily mean that you become more famous in a visible way, but I would say certainly energetically and potent, you know, in terms of your potency, your ability to really move energy and work as a as a healer on the planet. I would say that is no without doubt. I never, I never want to be famous. That's not anything that has ever interested me. So, but I, but I feel like that when this eclipse happened in '79, it's kind of when I started all my work, holding all the work in the bank vault, was in 1979. So yeah, I've well, been that's... told to hold it, you know, for 25 yeah. years, and not release it until after the kids were born after 1980. So that's... I'm just kind of wondering now if, if yeah. maybe the eclipse is uh, partly. Uh, going to be responsible for releasing this material that I've been holding all this time. Well, definitely the nineteen the, the metonic cycle. There was an eclipse, as you said, at that degree in seventy nine, also in ninety eight, and now in twenty seventeen. Every nineteen years, there's an yeah. eclipse at twenty nine Leo. So yes, you could very personally track. Yeah, well, for everybody, you can track back eighteen, nineteen years and see what was going on. But definitely in your case, with the with the it's beautiful imagery, uh, Lavendar, with the North Node and Chiron in the 12th, right on the cusp of the 12th. So it's like your inner pathways, <laughs> your channels, your intuitive, uh, deeply felt nature uh, is absolutely being uh, fired up, you know. And I, <laughs> oh, Chiron, boy. I think Chiron as a bridge builder, you know, linking people, linking Chiron is between Saturn and Uranus, so bringing, bringing, bridging, building bridges between worlds, between people, connecting people that need to find each other and be with each other, you know, very nice. Well, I, I have a saying where I, I say I'm, I'm bringing people out of spiritual 101 to galactic 404 is one of my statements. <laughs> very nice. Well, I'm sure they, they do their best to keep up with you, I'm sure. <laughs> wow. But let me mention one thing and if you like, you want me to look at the star seed chart for a moment? Look at our look at our star seed hotline, see what happens with us. Well, what what I noticed right away is the I don't know if you've noticed this, but the star seed uh chart the moon Chiron Neptune is on the US um the the moon in your star seed group is Conjunct the moon of the, in the Sibley chart, which is the country, the chart for the country. The moon, the moon has to do with the people. You know, the sun is leaders, leadership, in a, and 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 leaders in our own hearts. Being led by the heart is is our leadership. But the moon is the people, the public, the people. So I would say that. 
that you've got this group has some powerful connection to what is to what people to what the human the humanity in this country absolutely needs and it's of course in aquarius which is you know the signs work in opposition leo the the royal star the, the sign of the sign of royalty of kings and individuality we each awaken to our unique individuality in service to the collective in service to the aquarian template which which is the community of souls that's so, what our starseed website does you, well, good. exactly yeah, yeah, we right. we specialize in starseed we specialize in in the people that that are wanting to know more about metaphysical subjects or people that have been drawn to us for reasons that they don't even know about it, it's almost like we're beeping and they're beeping and our beep beeps come together somehow. Well, I would say that's a very um, auspicious. Did you elect this or did you choose this time? Yes, we did. Okay. No, it's nice. We didn't know why we did it, but we did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the way it goes. But also with this chart, too, which is interesting, you've probably noticed with the starseed chart, the sun at 29 Aries, right? Yeah. And this eclipse is also, same as your chart, it's on the, the eclipse is on the cusp of the 12th, trining the sun. Yeah. So the heart essence of the group, the solar logos, the purpose of the starseed group, is also getting a very, I would say, very natural and, I would say gentle and natural and infusion of of energy. It feels it could be tremendously supportive that this eclipse, this portal of this eclipse, can be tremendously supportive to the endeavor and the intention of the of the group. That the group, the Starsea group, is very much lined up with and being supported by the energy streaming through with this eclipse. Wow. Very gentle, very natural. So, Mary, tell us how people can get in touch with you if they want to have a an astrological reading with you. Yeah, thank you. Um, my website is Mary uh, Mary Plum. It's very simple, maryplum.com, P-L-U-M-B. Okay. Yeah. And are you going to be on any other radio shows, or, or do you do lectures, or do you travel? Yeah, not well. I've been um, I've been doing more. I've been teaching a lot about this eclipse, and I actually have a really sort of fun um, slideshow that I've given a number of times. And I think I'm going to do do that online. I think I'm going to do a little web web event with this with information about the eclipse. If anybody's oh, good. interested in the short in the short t- run, I'm going to. I think I'm. When gonna are you going to put that. it up? Soon. Yeah, soon, definitely. Okay. I like as, as everybody. I have a lot going on right now. I have to, <laughs> I have to uh, pace myself a bit. But yeah, definitely before the eclipse, sometime in the next, right, probably quite close to the eclipse, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So we'll, so we'll be checking your website to see the new stuff that you're bringing on. So okay, I know well, that you don't have a whole lot of time, and you don't have time for our questions from our, our listeners tonight. And, and and I'm so appreciative of you being able to come on for the time that you've been here. So I want to thank you so much for 
um, this 11th hour move that you made with me to be on our show. So thank you so much, Mary. My, so my great back to you, Arielle. Yeah, we are so grateful, Mary, um, and thank you so much for enlightening us. And, and uh, this is your your specialty, so we really encourage everyone to um, visit your website and um, check out your your uh, whatever you're going to call it a webinar or something on the on the eclipse. And well, thank you. Um, yeah, is there anything else that you'd like to just say in in closing? No, I just appreciate it. I hope I, I hope I wasn't racing through the information too quickly for everybody, and I appreciate oh. I appreciate being able to talk about it and the lovely group you have. And, um, yeah, all the very best to everyone. Well, thank you so much. And um, we are actually going to be in Arkansas with 90% totality. So uh, we got all of our glasses ready because we're going to have a – um, another uh, starseed quest um, as we do four times a year. So we'll be mm-hmm. thinking about you at that moment. So sweet of you. Thank um, you. Thank you very much. Thank, Ed, you're so welcome, and thanks for being with us. Okay. Bye now. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, um, as Lavendar said, Mary didn't have a lot of time, so um, even though we do have some people with questions that are waiting on the switchboard. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to answer them unless, Lavender, you feel well, like you could. depends on what they ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, well, let's see. Okay, yeah, well, actually, the other people hung up, but we still have one person, um, and maybe we can, maybe we can help. So, um, coincidentally, her name is Mary. So, hi, Mary. You are on the air, and uh, could you just tell us what your question is? Well, um, I don't know what the other lady, uh, what type of information she gives out. I was going to ask um, Mary about um, a degree in Leo that I have in my chart, and I I just want to, you know, what she was picking up on it. what but degree is it? I have um, 29 degrees, Leo, and it, I believe here, let me look at my chart, I believe it's on my ascendant in Gemini because I have a um, sad sun and a Taurus moon and 29 degrees of Gemini. Uh, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I get mixed up. I'm sorry. Yeah, 29 degrees of Gemini on my um, my rising, and then I have a 30-degree Pisces on my midheaven. I actually have Pluto in my second house. Natally, it's retrograde. Um, I've been going through a very difficult time health-wise and financial, and both, neither one of these areas has gotten better, and I, right now I'm, I'm in a quandary about both areas. And um, now with these eclipses coming, um, I was hoping for some positive news coming through a communication I made on the, uh, on Monday, 
and it turned out to be not positive. I've had some, I've had like a mercury retrograde type events hitting my chart for about two months in the communication areas of people that I have to do business with in the community for various reasons. And um, health-wise, the stress has really added to an existing problem. I know I, I know by my chart that I have a difficult chart because I have four retrograde planets in the 12th house, some biggies. And um, I'm just wondering, you know, what this is go- if this is going to be even more because because Mary stated that um, eclipses can be a forerunner of things for quite a while in your life, and boy, I sure don't want to remain <laughs> the way things are. Um, hey, let me just say that if you've got a 29 Gemini rising, yes. then the way you think and the way that people communicate with you is going to be different after the 21st. Now, it may right. take three and a half years for it to complete itself, yeah. but I would say that that's a good sign for you because, see, Mercury rules Gemini. And so 29, it'll be it'll be activated by the eclipse, which says, aha, to your mind, aha, a new thought, a new idea, a new way out, a new oh, way okay. out. Really? Yeah. I, I, I have Mercury and Capricorn, and I'm a very, I, I would say I'm very methodical, and I don't, uh, you know, I don't just jump to the first conclusion, even though I have, you know, a lot of intuitability. But I look things over in a practical manner. How will this affect me? How will this, you know? Well, I think your your practicality might go out the window because with 29 Gemini, it's going to uh, open you up to new ideas, new thoughts, new ways of thinking about things. It will it, it'll flip you upside down if if you're just going along plodding and plodding and plodding and plodding and being really Capricorn. I yeah. think it's going to change all of that. Well, for, for the I, best, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, um, I I know they say Gemini's love change and change, and I like a great diversity and change. And if I have my home base settled, if my health and finances are in pretty good shape, then I like versatility. But those areas have been challenges that I, I really don't. <laughs> I don't want any more chaos in those areas. Well, the the way you can look at it is this. 29 Gemini gives you the ability to flip it out of wherever wherever it is right now. It changes for the better. So you're in a really good place with 29 Gemini. Would that that be something that is self-motivated, or will I get some outside assistance as well to, to... figure things out, because I'm pretty much on my own. I think a little of both. I think you're going to have an aha moment, and then somebody else will have an aha moment, and then you'll be talking to them, and then you'll go aha, and then figure it out. So you think that that will set up like a light bulb? bulb. (laughs) It's a light bulb moment. Right. Yeah, it's like don't be asleep when it happens, okay? (laughs) Don't be wise. Don't be asleep when it happens. Oh, you know, gosh, come no. out of your Capricorn to look at this. Use your Gemini to view this very carefully, okay? 
And and Pluto in Leo in my second house, that would be my income, right? Right. Um, and that's an eight degree, so that's not real significant, I guess. No, it's not significant with the, no. with the eclipse, no. So it's only the ones closest to that 29 degrees, right? Right. And I have a, my Pisces midheaven uh, over my 10th house at 30. Um, so were you well, born in 1944 or 45? What year were you born? 43. 43, okay. I have 30, 30 degrees, it's just three point, and then Pisces uh, midheaven, 30. Tenth house on the cusp of the tenth. Well, I think, Mary, that you, you should, um, where do you live? Are you going to be able to see the eclipse where you are? Um, I'm down in Florida, so I don't think we're going to get the biggest part of it. it. It may get darkish or, you know, we may get some of it, but um, the majority of it I think is going to be in the Carolinas, from what I understand. And right. um, I'm just really, I'm also really concerned, um, uh, also secondary to what's going on, um, you know, scares of war and things like that. I'm also concerned about these uh, threatening uh, weather patterns uh, that are very disturbing and and just they're coming out of nowhere that these eclipses are really going to magnify all this eclipse energy for, I mean, this uh, weather um, yeah, I agree. stability is what I'm trying to say. And, um, and, of course, we're always worried about hurricanes down here. You don't even like to see them start cropping up out there and um so all that you know concern i'm i'm very much newsworthy and weather worthy and all that so i'm very much attuned to what's going on and i feel it i feel it heart and soul sometimes more than i i really want to but um yeah i think there's going to be a lot of shake shaking going on um i'm worried about these earthquakes that are cropping up here and there too like uh, Mary was mentioning um, right. it, it's got to have a magnetic. But my cats, I got two cats, and they've been flying around here, and they're they're very well fed. But I've noticed that the last couple of days they're they're very restless. They're they're very animated, talkative, um, very maybe they're mimicking me because I'm pacing a lot. <laughs> yeah, they can. With all this yeah, they going will. on. Yeah, I want you yeah. to enjoy the eclipse and just and just know that that new things are coming for you and and that your situation is going to change, and that's going to be for the better. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, and that's that's encouraging, and uh, I hope you all enjoy it, and it's 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 good for all of us. Okay. Thank you, thank honey. Thank you for okay. calling. Thank you. Good night. Thanks, Mary. Bye bye. Okay, well, um, we have one more, and um, I can I can take this if you like. Uh, we are going to talk to Chris, and this, um, by the way, this will be the last question this evening. Okay. So, um, hi, Chris, you are on the hi. air. Hi, hi, Arielle. I was hoping I was hoping that Lavender would answer this question, but if not, you can answer it. But well, um, first, okay, first well, since all, it's I, you, yeah, <laughs> this, this is our Chris Lavender. This Chris is your Chris. Chris Bacon. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Me. Okay, I'll so take I, it. I'm, I'm okay. still alive. I just want to first announce that, or brag, 
because I live in the path of totality. So I just step out my back door. And um, so I, I'm really happy about that. But what I'm wondering uh, is what significance does this have or with the divine feminine? How does the divine feminine, the goddess, play into this solar eclipse? I think it has to do with the, the royal bloodlines that were placed mm-hmm. on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think that the Athena and the 96 codes would be activated. I would think that because of what's happening in the world with women right now, I've never seen mm-hmm. so many women rise up um, and had to get a little angry to do it. You know, right. Instead of us sitting back on our laurels and just letting the men have the play, I see that women are rising up all over the world, and they have been for the last six months. So when this eclipse happens, I think it's going to throw them into a bigger gear. I think it's going to give more confidence, more power, and they'll be listened to. I think that that the the women's movement that started um, back in nineteen well nineteen seventy nine okay <laughs> mm-hmm. there's the mm-hmm. eclipse. I think that we'll see more women standing up all over the world now, and yes. and taking okay. their place in the scheme of things. You know, we have more senators, women senators, uh, and the House, I mean, mayors. I mean, look at look at where we were 50 years ago. Women didn't have this these kind of positions on the planet. Right, right. Well, uh, but we're being challenged. Don't you feel like we're being challenged by, you know, the dark, I, I call them archons, but, you know, by a, a dark um, kind of animalistic maleness, don't you do you feel like we're being challenged right now? Well, I think we've been challenged with that for a long time. I think what we're, what we're going to come to, at least for me, is I no longer care about them. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like okay, you, you thought you could challenge me with this? Well, I don't care about the challenge anymore. I'm just going on and doing what I came here to do. Good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, as I was listening to the, the speaker tonight, which uh, really I hung on, hung on her every word, but, you know, throughout my latest trial, it's all it's the goddess that's had my back. You know Absolutely. It's, yeah. So, you know, that's what I feel like really boiling up inside of me. So, you know, we're gonna have a little bit of ceremony with the eclipse, setting intentions and blah 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 and there will be a fire. So I just kinda wanted to put it out there that uh we're tuning into the goddess for the eclipse. That's what we're gonna do here. So Well I, I, I was talking to um my friend Barbara up in at the Tetons, right. and uh, they've got a really big event that's happening over there. Well, um, I live in a, such a small town; it's fifteen hundred people. I live out in the country, but they're expecting five thousand people here. Oh my goodness! Town. Yes, and and Casper, which is a hundred miles away, that's about sixty thousand people. They're expecting thirty-five to fifty thousand people there. So you know, people are really showing up for this. And um and I I have somebody coming from New York. <laughs> I ask me how that happened. I don't even know her, but she's coming. So we you know, it's like it's kind of a uh like what you said about, you know, people just showing up and and uh and it you know, waking up and showing up. So um I I'm pretty excited about it. So <laughs> anyway. I'm finding that in our physical bodies there's DNA that 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 kind of goes off. It's not connected to our heart. It's not connected to our brain. It's mm. a it's a separate uh, energy pattern that will 
you know, grab the car keys, go driving down the street, walk into a store, and you stand there and go, well, what what am I here for, okay? Right. I think our body makes us do things at times. So now right. that I'm thinking about how our bodies have these DNAs that just get up and, 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 and has a mind of its own, I'm wondering about how the eclipse is signaling to certain people to go and do certain things at certain times on this pathway of the eclipse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they being energized to get in their cars and go and, and to witness this? Are they to stand on the land and help repair the ley lines? I mean, there's so many things that could be happening now because so many star seeds are awake and they're getting in their cars and they're roaming around doing things. Right. Yeah, and a lot of times they don't know why. You know? Yeah, and they don't yeah. need to know why sometimes. Exactly, exactly. Because if yeah. if their ego gets involved in it, well, they'll mess it up. Right. Oh, yes, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I just, yeah, I'm I'm going to be here, you know, doing the, doing the work, so all hail the goddess. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for calling in. <laughs> we miss so you. We miss you. you so much. I, I miss. I miss you too. So. so, 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 call us sometime, okay? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. Big, big hugs, Chris. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Well, um, we are about to wrap up, and I just want to say thank you um, to Anastasia for the news, for Lori for stopping by, especially Mary Plum for giving us the complete lowdown on the upcoming eclipse. And um, the thing that she said that, that stuck in my mind, manifestation a 100,000 times stronger. So when that eclipse is happening, you better make sure that your frequency is someplace that you're going to want to be wearing for a long time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When the eclipse is happening, don't get caught in any kind of drama. You know, be exalted and remember the the manifestational um, potency. I like that word that she was using of this eclipse. And use your own native natural power to. You know how your mother used visualize. to say, "Don't leave the." The, the house with without clean underwear. Well, this time it's called have on your galactic underwear for the eclipse, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make sure you get your best galactic underwear on because uh yeah, you never know what could happen. But you got to you mean you have got to hold your frequencies up and focus on all the best possible outcomes. Don't don't look at anything that you don't want to experience right? because you'll draw it right to you. Right. So, if you name yeah, it, you keep, claim it. If you name it, you claim it. So keep mm-hmm. your frequency at a level that that you want to live with. Right. And yet that you're willing to wear. Right. So uh, with that, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to Arkansas next week, and then we won't be back until um, – after that Tuesday, uh, the, well, the 22nd. So for the next two weeks, uh, we won't be having a show. And then um, in three weeks, we will be back. So we'll be looking forward to hearing your stories, um, Eclipse stories, and uh, we'll have another great guest for you at that time. So from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to Jada and Tammy for helping out with the switchboard. 
and uh, we'll talk to you in three weeks. And until then, make sure you count your blessings every day. Live in grace and gratitude. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.